Welcome to the SSI Orbit Podcast, a forum for conversations that explore the ever-growing ecosystems of self-sovereign identity. And I'm your host, Matsur Glode. Today's SSI Orbit Podcast guest is Charlie Walton, Senior Vice President and General Manager for Identity at Avast. Now, Charlie has been a thought leader in the digital ID space for many years now, having spent time across organizations such as SecureKey, Idemia, MasterCard, where he was a co-founder and on the steering board of both the Trust Over IP Foundation and the Good Health Pass Collaborative. And so now recently, as many of you listeners probably have heard, Avast is behind the acquisition of the company Evernim, our good friends in the self-sovereign identity space. So congratulations to Evernim and congratulations to Avast. We're quite looking forward to seeing what's going to happen there in 2022. So I hope this discussion is as helpful for you as it's been for me to think about the aspects that are needed for SSI to continue making its commercial transition in 2022. So there's a big focus in this conversation about the need for governance authorities or orchestrators, as Charlie refers to them, like a soccer coach or like a symphony orchestrator would help move things forward in their respective domain. Because we know half of the battle in decentralized identity, especially in regulated industries, is governance. And without governance entities helping to form ecosystems, set the rules, make markets, define monetization strategies, and so forth, it makes the adoption a little difficult. So someone needs to manage the bits of a trust framework that are commercial decisions. Um, And this was quite exciting conversation with Charlie because he's put a lot of thought into this and a lot of his experience through the trust over IP and forming the Good Health Pass has allowed him to further his thinking here. So I'm sure you'll enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Now, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Charlie Walton. Enjoy. So I want to focus this uh, discussion, Charlie, on, um, and this is the last episode that we're doing of the year, of 2021. I think there's been a lot of momentum building over the past years, but 2021, I think things have really sped up in the self-sovereign identity space. Um there's a lot of focus often in various communities about kind of the needs when it comes to standards and technology to create interoperability and portability and user control of data and all, all of kind of the, the things that back the, the self-sovereign identity principles. Um, I think a lot of listeners of this show are familiar with work that, that happens at the Trust Over IP. And for folks who don't know, you're um, one of the, the key members to, to getting that organization up up and running in 2020. And I, I think a lot of uh, the listeners know or understand kind of that dual stack model of the Trust Over IP stack with the governance on one side and kind of the, the technology on the other side. Um, the reason I'm describing this is that we do spend a lot of time focusing on the technology and standards aspects when it comes to uh, adoption of SSI. Um, I think there's a lot of other things that maybe need to be talked about more or focused on more to really ensure that this stuff is is continuing to grow and, and get out. Um, so maybe I um, would love to just start this conversation off by um, just talking a little bit about how you got into the space. And if we do talk about the Trust of Rice IP stack and the governance being such an important factor here, um, would be interested in hearing some of the learnings that uh, you've had through the Trust of IP, but also uh, through other initiatives like the Good Health Pass. Yeah, great. And and listen, thanks. I I, I really appreciate the invite and chance to chance to to chat today. So so indeed, um, I, I had been part of part of Mastercard um, at, at the time in in 2020, where I was from 2017 up till till earlier in the year, and we had been 
um, really working with with a few folks in in that community. Um, um, you know, I'd known folks from IBM and and also from Ever Evernim, and had been good friends with with Drummond Reed for some time, and and and, and Drummond um, began to describe the the stack and and particularly enamored with the non-technical bit of it because it's really, really important. So at, at that stage had, had gotten involved um, uh, actually quite, quite early. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, particularly important to, to, to get these matters um, be, better understood. Um, I, I, I think that there's a enormous, enormous value um, associated with getting digital identity uh, correct, getting it correct from, from kind of top to bottom. And I, I think the trust over IP group has done some phenomenal work in creating this model. Um, so people can begin getting their head around it. And, and I, I think up until the point in time, and it, and it probably was not really even until this year that you were able to start crystallizing and explain the notion of self-sovereign identity in a, in a couple of words or a couple of lines and then drill into it using that that um, you know four layer two sided model. Um, so I, I've just been a big big proponent of it. Big proponent in the end of the day that that you know open uh, open standards for for something like this are, are are really really key. And thinking more about this topic, particularly of decentralization this year, and begun to see the this word decentralization talked more and more and more about and not just about identity and you come to realize it's a, a really important trend in, in, in direction with, with with all that's going on in the, the world these days that uh, where um, you know big platforms that have power and control um, we're going to start to see other ways of, of, of dealing with uh, applications and, and digital services and with those sorts sorts of decentralized applications and services of a web 3.0 decentralized finance uh, category, it creates all the more important uh, importance of getting decentralized identity right and doing it as a in a, in a layered structured approach. I would agree that, um, and you know, I've I've been in kind of in and around the crypto and blockchain space for some years now, and uh, the whole topic of decentralization is not new but in, in that space, but I, I would agree with you just on more of a macro level in society. I think people are starting to think more and more about the, the pitfalls of um, um, too much power in centralized places. And you're, you're seeing that, I don't know, in conversations with government or big tech or whatever it is, but it's really, it's, it's happening on that level um, as well. And then so in, in a space where now we're moving towards perhaps more distributed or decentralized storage of, of credentials or of data. Um, half, half of the battle here is governing these things, right? And so um, I think we'll, the only way truly to put kind of notions to practice is to, to start going through use cases and stuff like that. And uh, Good Health Pass was definitely one of uh, those first ones. So we'd be interested to hear how um, Good Health Pass kind of uh, came, came up off the ground, how um, the community was able to bring different entities or different organizations at the table, get aligned and start thinking about governing uh, these decentralized networks. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, as, as things go a little bit like sausage making and some of that is a little bit messy, I'd, I'd say, but um, the um, story sort of goes like this. It, it probably the, 
late Q, Q3, Q4 uh, timeframe last year, um, uh, and this is whilst I was at MasterCard, we began to see the importance of, of, of setting a, a globally interoperable frame for, for um, almost, we'll call it fit to fly status, right? Where, where fit to fly might, might mean I, I'm immune and I've, I'm certifiably immune or I've been vaccinated of a certain regime or, or I've, I've been tested. And it's this swirl of those signals and others, right? An exemption status for, for vaccination because of a, a condition or so on. So think about it more as fit to fly and, and this whole, whole set of reasons that would, could contribute to that. And, um, and we were really interested in it in the sense that it was a it was a hot issue. Um, the the industry was was dealing with point answers. Um, if there ever was a, a an arena in global travel where interoperability is just absolutely critical, um, you know this is a this is a, a great one. So I had in fact I had reached out to the to the Trust Over IP Foundation. I reached out frankly to Drum and Reed first. And we had a chat. We had a, invited a few others in, and and then a um, you know I had been been knowing Dakota Gruner at, at ID twenty twenty. I reached out to her, and and she actually latched onto this and said, "Listen, I I think I'd, I'd like to make this an important aspect of what ID twenty twenty is is doing. It, it it fits with the sort of things that she had done before." And, and lo and behold, we started a, a really a grassroots activity of trying to get some smart people together. Um, we, we got the website launched in the early part of, of this year and, and began assembling work groups. And, you know, you and others that may go to the site can see the, the, uh, the long list of, of contributors who, who were kindly donated their, their time and their energy and their smarts um, to really put together what I think to be a an absolutely brilliant template for for a globally interoperable SSI system, and and you know it's obviously in this this quite narrow niche of 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 taking a a fit to fly or a COVID related credential that is bound together with identity, but is is meeting the principles of of selective disclosure. Um, we we solved um, you know identity binding uh, problems and provided recommendations there, and. And, and further addressed, you know, a few issues that that not necessarily new, but but needed to get tackled. How how do we confirm that that you know Mass General Hospital is an appropriate issuer of credentials, and 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 Charlie's uh, you know swab and jab shop is not, and you know to a to an airline or a, a government, um, you know, on the other side of the world, um, you may not know the difference between those two, and, and, and so that aspect of who's an appropriate issuer. Right, so it's 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 creating this frame for an appropriate issuer, and, and then to say, well, there is not one size fits all in in terms of of COVID uh, credentials and, and approach. One one country may say that uh, my requirement is X, Y, and Z, um, and whilst you're vaccinated, I I, I will not accept uh, you know two vaccinations. I need a booster or that particular vaccination uh, manufacturer. I don't I don't accept or recognize. It's not my policy or that the timing of a test is of a certain duration. And those policy decisions or policy statements of a verifier, right, need to be well communicated in a system as well. So I, I think the group did a, did a really, really good job uh, at, at that. What I would say and where 
you know, your, your comment earlier about, about, you know, the trust over IP, you know, governance stack, and then where, where the Good Health Pass Collaborative have gotten to, where, where the Collaborative gotten to is publication of a, of a blueprint, which is fantastic. But to really get teeth to me in, a, in, a, in an SSI anchored system, you've actually have to have, you know, what I'd almost call a commercial entity, a, lo- a layer four trust over IP entity, to to take it to the next step to take it commercial and 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 the good health pass collaborative was not a commercial group it was a it was a brain trust of people putting the thoughts down on 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 paper now you say who's going to go run that who operates it who actually holds the the commercial keys and i and i think that aspect of of where we got could uh, could conceivably have gone to the next stage there's it's not a commercial entity so there's not commercial governance there but it laid out the blueprint for what that could be by an operational entity. Having kind of worked for, for MasterCard, um, MasterCard, if and you correct me if, if I'm butchering it, but is a commercial entity that is providing, um, um, alongside other stuff, but governance to, to payment networks um, and, and to distributed or transactions that are happening on the edge, but there's, there's governance being provided by this legal entity to, to facilitate this and protect consumers and help merchants and make, make all these things work. When, when you think, um, and please correct me if, if, I, if that's kind of a, a bad take, but um, would this be the type of commercial entity that you would see perhaps being what's needed to really spur these decentralized networks or provide governance with a, a real business model behind identity networks? Mm. So it's a really great question, and I, I think your your first statement about about Mastercard and, and, and Visa as well these these are these are organizations that have just done a, an absolutely brilliant job at setting um, interoperable trust networks that that allow unknown party to unknown party um, interact with with good confidence and results, and they've they've done that um, through technology technology specification through collaboration with with partners, partners in the technology arena, with banks, with with uh, with merchants and and, and others, um, and and they've done it through their operating rules. You, you, we might equate that to, to a group of us in the in the identity field as a as a trust framework, and and that's been born and dealt with and and become both both localized and globally interoperable. So you you don't get any better, in my opinion, on a on a on a great example than. Um, than what those organizations have done. We're moving to, a, to I think, a world that was my statement right at the start. You, you start thinking about you know, web, web 3.0, semantic web, some stuff going on in decentralized finance and, and, and applications that are, that are operating in a, in a, in a, in a more um, user-centric and then peer-to-peer-like way. You end up having a different type of, of, of almost... Um, uh, governance authority, right? And, and, and that level four uh, governance authority that the trust over IP has described is, is, is kind of an example of it. So I, I think in, in, in form and function, not, not at all unlike what, what's been described with, with, with Visa MasterCard um, in, 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 that, in that industry. Uh, here, you know, I, think, I think meeting the, um, you know, the intention of how decentralized systems work um, you know, it's framed up. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll say slightly different, differently. I, I do think that a, a trust over IP level four uh, entity, a governance authority, um, can can do 
several things needs to be setting the we'll call it the commercial rules of the road um i, I do think um you know the 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 bringing in of issuers um the uh defining of 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 how verifiers will communicate their their policy needs um dealing with what i'd also say is the is the messiness that the the world is not a legacy world and the world's not a decentralized world today. And, and that, that hybrid view of the world will likely remain for quite some time. So I, I, I think that organizations that can begin operating in a, in a bridge manner and, and smooth that through, um, through trust framework and, and rules will do great. So, so technology independent, independently, we're able to kind of move, move uh, customers and, and users uh, along. I think the other aspects of this, defining monetization rules and dealing with disputes, uh, becoming a market maker, um, are actually really important at that level as well. Because I, I, I think we've we've probably had some early views that that self-sovereign would will just work. And the fact of the matter is, I I, I don't believe it'll just work. I, I think I think monetary incentive and creating a market making function is is actually critical what what is what is motivating university a or healthcare b um to to be um creating and issuing a, a verifiable claim about about charlie and um they need to be organized it's, it's a bit like organizing the dinner party and and uh, or or organizing the, the the big event it's organizing a a, a big network and and so the the, the roles the the responsibilities um uh, how a liability is allocated, a monetization is allocated. Those, those matters are all really, really critical to kind of kind of get down. And it comes down to, uh, I think, a governance authority to deal with it. There, there is no one size fits all, and you can imagine, of course, lots of governance authorities in the in the in the world, either either around a country, a region, a domain, a, a community of interest. In, in some respects, I like perhaps the analogy to to your your visas and and, and Mastercards. Um, because basically they um, they're bringing together an ecosystem of, of consumers, of banks, of merchants, and, and others. Um, they're I guess setting the standards and the rules, and so basically a, a bank is able to uh, to issue credit according to, to these standards that Visa or Mastercard or whoever they're selecting is is setting for them. And um, there's clear benefits for consumers uh, to do that. Just like I think when we're talking about self sovereign identity, I think. The benefits to consumers are quite easy to understand. That takes uh, two minutes to understand the model to say, "Oh yeah, like this yeah. is a no-brainer." Right. And uh, and once you understand it, and over time, as you're you're going day by day and you're going through your life, you're like, "Oh my God, things could be done so much smoother with this new method." Right. right. Um, does that mean then that you need kind of this governance authority with clout, or you need someone to start? I guess maybe from a centralized perspective to, to do stuff like bringing an ecosystem together, creating the financial models, stuff like that. Is, is that. is that the way that you think a lot of these trust ecosystems will flourish over the next years? Is that the I, central I, entity, at least as a starting point, not going full decentralized? I, I do believe there's a role and we, we can debate whether we, we, we put that role at the, in the bullseye at the center of the page or, or whether they're a bit off to the side where they're, they're really setting the stage, right? Th th think about them a little bit like the, the, the orchestra conductor or the, or the soccer coach, right? They're setting the frame for, for the real action, for the transactions that will occur and they're, they're defining how it will occur 
And, you know, how, how you deal with normal cases and how you deal with abnormal cases, really setting the stage. But at the end of the day, the, the, the orchestra conductor or the soccer coach is not in the middle of the game, right? They're, they're, they're helping to, or, or in the, the middle of the symphony, they're not, they're not playing the, the, the violin or the flute, right? They're, they're, uh, they're, they're kind of bringing this, this all together. And so too, I, I see the governance authority is, is in fact really important. Um, they're, they're, they're not centralized in the context of, a, of, a, uh, of the way we might think about a, a centralized control point, but they, they are bringing the party together. Now, in, in thinking about how that can work in the world, um, we certainly could imagine a, you know, the Federal Republic of Utopia as a, as a government to, to become the, the governance authority for a national infrastructure. So you could imagine a government uh, playing that role if they chose to, or, or a region. Um, you, you, you could imagine a, uh, you know, a, a region of the world choosing to operate that way with, with close at hand countries. Um, we further could, could imagine a, um, uh, a vertical market community of interest maker. Um, I, I, I got to tell you, I think one of the best examples, and we had collaborated with them around the time of the Good Health Pass collaborative was, was IATA, the, the, um, uh, the, Air, the Air Travel Association, who, who were really trying to bring together through an SSI uh, network, uh, a, a group of, of, of airlines and airports and, and, and other airline industry tech providers and, and, and governments to a, an overall whole called, called IATA Travel Pass. Um, and, and so in some sense, they, 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 were, they were probably one of the closest to, to what I call a, a, a vertical uh, market community of interest that was, that was developed. Um, you might imagine in a, in a, in a place a, uh, a consortia of, of healthcare providers or a consortia of banks choosing to bring together a, a frame or a community that might, might serve their vertical market interests. Um, and then lastly, you, you certainly could imagine a, uh, an organization that may want to bring a, a, um, uh, an endpoint uh, wallet or what I might term a, a digital smart agent to bear a, a technology company that might might provide such a uh, such a capability and um, provide a you know a broad-based facilitation. So I think we 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 we're likely going to see in these in these years to come here, um, you know, a, a a government or or uh, other other sets of groups coming together to create uh, create a a community of interest, big or small. Definitely, if we're talking about public sector government regulated industries, perhaps it makes sense for um, public sector or certain governments to, to um, write, write the rules and um, kind of make the markets and get things going. And I, I definitely think that um, if you look in the financial industry, for example, like these are things that kind of make sense that it's just that they're all operating under um, uh, various regulations and in, in the legal jurisdiction that they're in. Um, it's also probably um, important to note that depend if we're just talking about uh, the regulated sector, like every single country or jurisdiction has their own kind of uh, um, regulations and policies and legislations that they need to abide to. So um, you may have to have different, I guess, governance authorities for that as well. And then for, for the specific verticals. And um, I personally think we're going to see a lot more call it the, the level four trust over IP, just specific ecosystems or trust ecosystems, whether it's like a, an education use case or a, an employment background check use case, or a, just the, the, the list will go on and, and they'll keep growing. Um, 
I, I wonder if there's uh, if uh, the private sector will just start offering robot creation or market making services or, or whatever it is. You could have specific organizations that just offer that. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm I'm really with you. I, I I do think the emergence of vertical market communities of interest is a is a natural. Um, you would have to say, in the fullness of time, if you really put the consumer out there. Uh, and you thought about and took the step back on SSI. What do we really want? I I think I know. In, in my case, I'd I'd love to see a, a digital smart agent. I, I define this as the is 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 kind of the the, the smart the smart processing uh, associated with a wallet or a storage. Something that I can go off and engage whether I'm on a, a PC or a mobile or in my car or or in a in a deviceless uh, public acceptance. Uh, setting or public inter interaction point where I'm able to get to my my digital smart agent through through a, a biometric authentication. Um, so and, and and I think I'd probably like that that tool to help me in a in a way that was not not particular to a to a, a community of interest that I might participate in. Right, because because we all know I I do government things and banking things and e-commerce things and health and, you know, and on and on and on. So, three. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I, I, I do think that the, um, whilst we will see these vertical market groups and whilst we will see country oriented schemes, I, I think it's really the, the, the uh, very opportunistic out there to see a, a, a global player come to bear and say, uh, you know, I've got the, you know the the blankety blank uh, service and, and and digital smart agent app um, that that's got this set of promises and 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 that you know is kind of plugged into uh, you know plugged into networks uh, around the around the world and creates a set of promises that 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 do work. So I I think there's a lot of opportunity for that, and I think you know many many potential prospective ways in which that can go. The, the challenge I'd say with with government only is that you know you, you kind of take take a look at Canada to the U.S. right? There's a lot of cross border there. You, you you take a look at Europe and you got a lot of cross border there. Other parts of the world where where many many of the tricky identity problems that you're you're dealing with are are, are ones that that just tend to cross borders. And you know you got the, the the student that's going to university somewhere else, or the the person that's moved from the U.K. to the U.S. and has taken a job and and you're starting all over again. There's, there's no transportability, and and I'd say unfortunately there's not a there's not a great vehicle to go deal with. Uh, let's go bring you know 50 countries together and and, and kind of agree on how things are going to go. That, that doesn't exist. There's not been great examples. So um, I I think this combo of, of of government push, which we're seeing in places of the world, vertical market push, and and then you know I'd say a really responsible ways for getting this tech out to, to consumers and, and kind of plugged into, you know, one or more great networks that exist at a, at a country or a vertical level. I, I, I think maybe the way it begins to roll out. The, the good health pass was, uh, like you said, a really good template for uh, SSI interoperability and, and had a lot of uh, really good components in there. You talked about identity proofing. Um, I think there was a lot of advancements in the, in the trust registries that came out of this as well, um, that really moved forward. I feel that often there's a lot of focus on um, 
trusting an issuer or how to how does the verifier trust an issuer or how do how do i trust the verifier um there's perhaps and it's a bit of a i talk about this a, a lot in, on different episodes here but just about wallets generally because it's just i find it just fascinating a fascinating space and you start talking about digital smart agents and yeah like this is a space that you could definitely see taken off um over the next few years but um it's one thing to create kind of governance uh for a network or to create trust in a network i want to create trust then in issuers or trust in verifiers but creating trust on the edge is a, is a whole thing on, on its own um, and I, I know with some of the work that you're doing now, um, there's a lot of thought that that's being put into uh, to uh, authentication, perhaps continuous authentication and, and uh, identification. And um, do, you, do you think there's a whole missing element of kind of building stronger trust on the device itself on, on the edge? What are, what are your thoughts about that? Well, I, you know, we're, we're, we're at a stage now where you know, boy, a lot of what we're thinking about doing, you, you, you rewind 10 years ago, you just, there's no way to approach it, right? So by way of getting more trustworthy devices, thinking particularly about mobile, mobile phones, I mean, boy, we got some wonderful capability to anchor um, processing down and secure elements. So I, I think that's, a, that's an important aspect of it. Um, you know, we, we've, we've certainly become more accustomed, way more accustomed, you know, in, in, in Canada and the US and in, in many places in, in using biometrics uh, from a device to, to, to authenticate into the device. Um, so I, I, I think that becomes really important. When you start thinking about this notion of a, you know, of a digital smart agent or a, or a, or a wallet, um, that, that's really pretty key. And I, and I, I I'm, I'm rather of the opinion that if, if we're not designing in, in a way that um, I'm kind of showing up here and I've just got to get to my wallet where it lives, um, it, that that's got to be the paradigm of the problem because we, we will have, it, you know, you go think about inclusion markets, um, places where people don't own a device or and I still want, may, may want to interact in a public device. You, you got you to figure out how to deal with that one. And that that dominantly comes down to a really great, great, great ways that are not tied to device ecosystems to deal with um, authenticating the, the bag of bones that's standing right here, right? So, um, and, and that comes down to biometric liveness. Um, there's some really great techniques and some very innovative companies out in the world today that are doing a, a very good job at, at, um, at biometric liveness detection, deal, dealing with, um, you know, attack vectors, it's a tough problem. And, and it, it, the, the, the bad guys are going to continue to fight against the, those that are trying to provide these answers. Those, there's, there's technology there that's not been bolted into, you know, popular consumer devices yet. Um, so I think, I think that, that part of this market is, is, is really important to continue to get right and continue to work towards. It's tough sometimes to think about where like in this decentralized model where it's now an ecosystem where do i fit into the ecosystem and if i'm a technology provider or if i'm a uh, i don't know a recipient of data or if i'm a potential issuer or a data company where do i fit in and how does my model change with that is it more kind of the inability of companies to kind of switch their business models to fit inside of this or they're not seeing it um, um i'd be curious uh, of your thoughts on that yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think it's point 
uh, point stuff. I don't, I don't think it's point tech. Um, that's number one. And I, I, I don't think it's for lack of standards. There's been a lot of really good work done. And I think we've, we've proven out propositions and in, in, in point studies, um, the needs clearly out there for, for decentralization in, in identity this way. Um, there's, there's no question that the stakes here are increasing. Um, you know, we're, you know, in spite of all the great efforts that have occurred in the, in the, in the community, card not present fraud is still growing. That, that's synthetic identity fraud and, and friendly fraud. We're seeing I, I, I ID theft continuing to grow. So there's a, there's, there's a need, there's a way of solving it. What's the missing ingredient, right? And it's the, it's the hardest one. It, it's really the, the orchestration, the collaboration of bringing together the, the whole thing. And so I, I come back. I come back to very frankly, um, it, it, it's the it's the level four governance authority that's that's made something commercially uh, real, right? I, I, you know, I might I might I think in the past I've probably referred to this as as, as commercial SSI. We've gotten kind of the, the the tech and the theory and the approach and the standards down. Now you say okay. Let's go make it a reality. We're, we're going to go invent the, the, the blue service. And the blue service is going to do these sorts of things. And it's, it's going to go make a market and create a, a way to monetize participants and, and, and deal with it all. A, a place that a bank or a gig economy company or a, a crypto wallet firm or a, a startup that wants to do new, new ways of dealing with health data, that, that can just go plug in and use this. But that doesn't exist. That's the problem here, right? You want to go do that? You got to go roll your own. You, you got to go out to the best, you know, biometric liveness company. You got to go find a, uh, you know, an SSI toolkit company. You got to find a, an integrator to go deal with it. You, you, you're, you're kind of rolling your own. So it's, I, I, think we're, I think we're lacking the, the orchestrated whole. You go back to, you know, pick any point along the, the history of the bank card industry and, you know, you've got tech and technique and risk management and rules and all of that. But uh, imagine a, a global credit card system working, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago without a, a, a MasterCard or Visa. Doesn't work. Just doesn't work, right? There's no way to, no way to get there. So I, I, I think the big hurdle here are the emergence of, of commercial, uh, commercial SSI governance authorities. I, again, having spent so much time in the, the Web3 or blockchain space um, and then transitioning into SSI, there's, there's a lot of similarities because you're trying to build decentralized governance for ecosystems. And I feel um, that's one of the biggest, I guess, inhibitors to adoption of a lot of, um, if you could call it enterprise blockchain or, or pe people trying to make it commercially viable outside of a web three space. And we could talk about that. And there's some stuff that's debatable there, but one of the hardest things has been just um, creating consortium government uh, governance. Um, and one of the things I, I had noticed a lot in that space, uh, which is same thing in the SSI space is that um, people are just trying to create new ecosystems for stuff. Like I want to, I want to disrupt the education space and I want to create this new thing, but um, it exists like that, that ecosystem exists. And then it's not like you're trying to build something from scratch. It's just perhaps how do you, uh, allow an existing, an existing ecosystem to digitally transform in the direction that you're trying to allow it to digitally transform in. And then, yeah. then, then it becomes interesting then to think about, 
well, if, if I'm a subject matter expert on a specific industry, how do I start targeting who, who should be the orchestrator, who should be orchestrating the symphony? Because, uh, and then how, how to entice them, uh, like who are these organizations and how to entice them with a, with a business model for doing it is maybe a tough, uh, tough thing to think about. Yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I think that again, the, 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 the good work that I've seen done within trust over IP, the good work done within the good health pass collaborative is it, at least it's starting to write down, um, what you'd have to do, uh, the attributes to it. It's, it's, it's making it a little bit more tangible what the blueprint would be to, to, to operate in that way. Um, ultimately I think it does come down to, again, a, a, a sponsor, uh, the government's going to choose to do that for the Federal Republic of Utopia, or um, this association, or this group, or this consortia are going to get together for the blankety blank uh, industry, uh, or uh, there's going to be a proactive, uh, you know, let's call it a proactive tech company that just says, uh, okay, I'm going to go create this in a horizontal way for the world, for the world, and you know, let verticals uh, kind of plug in and interconnect to other networks that that start to emerge out there. So. I, I, I think the really optimistic thing here I, I, I see is that we've seen more examples come to bear over, you know, even just this past 18 months. I, I, think, I think we would both agree this has been a great 18 months for this, for this movement. And I'm, I'm certainly seeing more of a push in, in decentralization as a, as a broader theme, just, just, just to deal with some of the stuff that we're, we're seeing in the world today around, around dominance of, 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 of big, big tech, of creating different ways of engaging, all the more reason for decentralized identity to, to come to bear and come to bear, you know, really, really, uh, really soon, really quickly. So I, I, I think we're going to see a, a really lively next 18 months in, in, in this area. I definitely think next year is going to be a big year for pilot uh, projects in the area. I think we've already seen a bunch of them, but uh, uh, I don't know when true scale happens, but there's definitely interest there. And um, a lot of the, at least in the regulated sector, a lot of the movement from, from governments in the space has kind of um, spurred some excitement in, uh, in health and finance and in some of these uh, regulated industries. Um, the other thing I, I think about often too is like you mentioned the good health pass. And when, when that blueprint had come out, I, I thought about it a bunch because in the title of the blueprint is the word interoperability. And um, it's such a key component and it's focused on so much from, and from a technical perspective, from a governance perspective, from stuff like that. Um, that's a, it's a difficult one as well. And I, I've always wondered sometimes if there's too much of a premature focus on some standards or interoperability before there's any adoption. Because I mean, if, if I have two networks that have a lot of adoption, if there's a commercial reason for them to talk to each other, they will talk to each other. Yeah. Um, do, do you feel like sometimes maybe um, that needs to just take, take a take a side to side seat to, to get things going? I'm, I'm actually with you. I mean, it, it, as much as I'm a big believer in this interoperable notion and I'm I'm, I'm thrilled to see the work that that has been done in, in, in some of these groups. Um, but the world's got to get on with this and, and just go solve some problems in a in, in a vertical market. And you know, when you, when you go look at, um, you know, you go pick like network, uh, network problems in the past, uh, you know, a ATMs weren't, weren't fully interoperable when they first came out. The GSM network wasn't a network. It was, uh, it was roaming and gluing things together and, 
and you know it was messiness under under the covers so i, I think the community's good at, done a good job of saying all right here's a template if you want to go do it the you know a, a decent consistent way here's a here's a template but i i think i think the big challenge now is just let, let's get out there let's let's start serving users and serving businesses that that want to interact a little bit differently and and um, I'm, I'm reminded as well, and I, it was a conversation I had with a, um, it was a large, a large grocer who was trying to solve problems of, of, um, uh, of age verification. And I had talked to them about, you know, identity and, and how a digital identity or a verifiable claim accepted could be, could be really valuable. And, and this, this business executive, and he didn't know much at all about digital identity, but remarked to me that oh, this is a little bit like bring your own account. And I, and I thought about that. And it's a little like wearing the placard that, that could be variable, right? Live human being over 21, actually Charlie at this address, but I'm wearing the placard. And, and when that data set goes, goes into, that, into that grocer, they can just transact. And he said, the light bulb went off for him and it went off for me as well. This was, I don't know, three or four years ago. And it's like, I don't need to hold as much data as I once did, right? And so the, 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 the big awareness of, of what this is really all about, it's beginning to reduce that, that toxic asset of holding lots of data about everyone I've ever interacted with uh, for you know, goodness how long. And the more data you hold, the, the greater chance it's going to get get hacked and, 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 and eaten up and disclosed and you got reputational damage and the whole bit. So I, I, I think that we will begin to see proactive organizations that, that just want to get on with it and want to get on with it for some, 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 some really important reasons. Businesses to, to both better serve, to have better outcomes, to, to begin dealing more responsibly with data. I think this is what this movement is really all about. And, and then it's, it's for an organization that, 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 is, um, that sees value in, in, in bringing a, a governance together and an organization that can bring good consumer sensitive capability to bear. I, I, again, I, I, I call this a, a digital smart agent. I think it's more than a wallet, but it's, it's really processing that work, work on my behalf that, that guide me and, and, and help me through you know, various aspects of authentication and identity and privacy management of of dealing with my my digital breadcrumbs and perhaps someday dealing with my reputational identity, which we haven't talked about, but I think is a big big frontier going forward. We've talked about reputation a bit on on this uh, podcast. We've also um, the centralized reputation um, seems to be quite effective for um, for bottom up use cases. If if I'm you know if I'm, if I'm Example: I'm 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 in the Web three community, and I'm trying to participate in a in a, pro a project, and I have to demonstrate my skill sets and or my previous experience. Um, I want to be able to dem demonstrate reputation there. Um, how, how do you look at kind of um, the future of these smart agents being about building building a reputation? Well, I I I think it's a it's a tough one, right? When you when you look at it, it you know, as a as a as a five star Uber driver, uh, you know, I'm interacting. Uh, you know, with my, with my app as a driver with, with Uber and, and, um, 
in, in that arrangement, Uber's got a lot of processing, a lot of analytics that takes everything that's gone, that, that has gone on that, that I do and that others do and how I synthesize and compare to, to reach conclusions or decisions and, and, and profiles. And the problem is I got nothing. I don't, I don't have much on my side to, 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 to run the processing needed on my behalf to, uh, to then create something that is God integrity, that uh, Lyft would believe in, that, that I didn't fudge it, uh, that I didn't call myself a five-star when I'm, uh, when I'm a, a, a drunk or a bad driver. And um, so that's, that's the, I think the problem statement is, is, is pretty clear. I think we need more processing with integrity on the side of the user because the, the building of that, that, that big analytics platform on, on Uber's part is, is, is with their smarts, their half of their data, but half of mine. It's an asymmetric case. I, I don't have anything on my side. I, I, I think this reputational um, identity bit is, is, is gonna be about tools that, um, that do have integrity uh, that, that are not fraudulent and, and can work on my behalf. So it's a, it's a problem to be solved. I don't, it, I don't, I've not seen it solved anywhere in the industry yet, um, but it's a, it's a really, really interesting one. I, I think we go lick the basics of identity of, of you know, legal identity and some attributes. It's, it's this reputational based identity that will become very, very valuable in the future. And I, I don't think we quite know the exact use cases and the exact value because we've never been able to combine these different things together. Um, that, that's what makes me think when, when you're talking about kind of the, the bring your own ID use case that, that lit up uh, that, that person's eyes. Yeah. Um, the money, at least the, the way I look at it, there's a lot of commercial value. If you look in the trust triangle, uh, we, we, and we could talk about issuers getting paid to issue, but the commercial value is in the verification because that, that's where kind of uh, the, the, the business model is. Um, which kind of begs the question that um, we talk about people to, to market make on the governance frameworks, to, but do we need kind of these gateway functions or proxy issuers or stuff like that that's able to go and pick data out of my LinkedIn and pick data out of my Uber and pick data out of my Airbnb? Um, it solves a problem in the short term. It's, it don't necessarily have to have these direct issuers. If, if I trust the process of, <laughs> of extracting whatever my data from LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm 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 absolutely absolutely with you. I I I I do think that that it's not about a verifier doing that though, and I don't I'm not sure you said that, but just to be clear, I I think this is about me kind of kind of getting into Facebook or getting into another another platform, and you know certainly in some parts of the world, I've got rights to be able to pull my data out and and uh, and utilize that. So I I think leveraging that, leveraging open data, open banking interfaces, uh, this will become great great ways. To, to start providing uh, you know, real value, real capability for, for verifiers. I think there's tools that, that can be built because you know, at the end of the day, we're, we, we may not convince uh, you know, Acme out there who's got a data set to, to go put, put their data in a, uh, in a W3C verifiable claim form and, and you know, start issuing that on command and, and all that. That's, that's, that's not the way this ball is gonna start. So the, it's messy, ugly stuff of, of dealing with the world as it exists with existing APIs and, 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 and open interfaces and, and migrating that along for, for greater and greater efficiency. So a long-winded way, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, and um, it's perhaps like the, um, the, the, the plates of the world that are able to go extract data that um, 
after after an amount of time you'll have the financial institution saying hey what's happening here uh, there's my, my data is being uh, kind of used and possibly monetized against me um but then at least these types of api services allow you to um extract some valuable data or something that could be bound to an individual and then placed into this new this new world that allows for this kind of peer-to-peer -peer protocol communication and, and stuff like that yeah. So I, I, I definitely wonder if this whole concept of proxy issuance is just one of the big missing pieces. I think it's a really important one here in the in the near term. And, and um, you know, we'll say a, a proxy issuer converting data from a source into a into a real, you know, SSI issuer. And I, and I think the other thing that goes along with that is is to say I, I may need to take data from a from a few places and create the equivalent of a complex claim um that that's got real value out to a to a verifier we we, we may find that these proxy issuers are, are able to perform some other value added functions as well well one of the things i wanted to close on um there um um as, as listeners here probably know or have heard um there's companies that already have um payment solutions or wallet solutions on the mobile like like apple for example or like like google um that and I'll, I'll refer to Apple specifically just because that, that's I've followed that a little bit more that that have started offering. Um, it seems like it's in the early stage. There's a lot of pilots still happening, but it seems like um, if you're if you're Apple Wallet and you're already doing payments, just like we talked about, kind of the the Mastercard and Visa's logically moving and in, moving into that space. It seems like uh, it's a logical thing for someone like Apple to do as well to store your driver's license, to store your health card, to store your COVID uh, result to store whatever you want to store on there. Um, is that good or bad for, for the whole SSI space? Let me come to the SSI space. I, I, I'd say inherently what, what's going on here is, is, is to say that that, 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 that device that I carry around with me is, is now hitting the, uh, the final instrument that uh, eliminates the need to carry that leather wallet or purse. So I, I got to tell you, I, I love it. A lot of people will love it. it it's the right thing, the right thing to be done. Um, having a, a mobile's driver's license in, a, in an Apple wallet doesn't get to, uh, I, I, I'd call the, the, the value of a, of a decentralized SSI network. It, it may be a storage locale for, for one signal, but you, you go think about all the things that you end up doing in the identity arena or for which high assurance transactions are, are called for and it, and it doesn't solve all of those problems. And that's, that's, that's the area, again, what I, I think the, the, the real value in an SSI system is what I call a, a, a digital smart agent. It, it might deal with an Apple wallet. It, it might utilize and consume a mobile driver's license, but it's got lots more signals and, and it's got all of the uh, all of my stuff, right? You go, go think about it, right? All we got to do is add up the relationships that we have today. Most people have 100 or 150 accounts and passwords. And a lot of those have, have some bearing, right? There's, there's data of some bearing there. And you go take a look at all the bits of data that you might see in the form of verifiable credentials. And now I look at that data set. So I got, a, I got 100, 150 relationships. I've got a data set that might be, I don't know, 10, 20, 30, 50 different verifiable credentials. That is not going to be in the construct of an Apple wallet. I don't believe. I, I, I think there's a very, very different thing that's necessary to help me deal with all the data, all the processing, all the audit, 
um, uh, all the relationships, all the verifiable credentials that, that I've got for me. So I, I think there's room for, for kind of two things, an SSI digital smart agent and, a, and, a, and an Apple wallet that may hold the, the, the basics, right? And maybe we get there in time with, 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 with something in an Apple wallet, but I, I would have to say that, that we're all getting to um, an evolving world, right? Um, where I interact on my PC, I interact on my Android phone, I interact in my car, uh, with with Alexa, I, I interact in a in a public environment, and I, I think we're going to be doing lots more that's deviceless, right? And, and so we shouldn't be doing anything but embracing Apple and others for the work they're doing. I think it fits really really well with all of what we're up to. I would have to say that that the adoption of selective disclosure techniques and beginning to bind. Um, credentials together with identity is 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 really important. So I'd I'd, I'd say anybody that's putting things like COVID passes in, in devices um, need to solve that problem really well. Thanks for tuning in today. Hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. To stay up to speed with future episodes or to catch up on ones you may have missed, make sure to check out the SSI Orbit podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And make sure you subscribe. If you have any questions, comments, or wish to see someone in particular on a future episode, you can find me by searching Metzger Glode on LinkedIn or Twitter. Feel free to reach out to me directly and I'll get back to you. See you all next time.